Hello and welcome to the Stress Sessions podcast. You're listening to Series 3, Episode 8. So if you've missed the previous 30 or downloads, press pause, stop what you're doing and download the rest of them. I'm jumping straight into the record for this week because as I'm sitting here reading this, it's just gone midday on the Monday and I know that you're waiting to listen to this thing. So who am I speaking to this week? Well, it's this guy called Felix. Just kidding. She's a corporal in the British Army and winner of Series 3 of Channel 4's The Circle. It's Natalia Platova. After winning the reality TV series last year, Natalia kindly chatted to me from our army base about all things mental health. So please excuse the Wi-Fi reception at some point. There's also a listener question, so make sure you look out for that. You're listening to Series 3, Episode 8 of The Stress Sessions with Natalia Platova. Enjoy! one song that puts you in a really happy positive mood what is that song wait can you can you cut and record this again because there is a song I really like um what's it called oh it's on Romeo and Juliet not the Taylor Swift one one that's like oh my god how I haven't even got baby brain I'm not pregnant what's wrong with me why am I forgetting my life Oh, I was listening to you the day and I was like, yeah, cool. Um, oh, right, let me Google this because this is going to be really bad. <laughs> I can't remember what I bloody love. Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. So, so many people have done this where they've gone, oh, that's my favourite song, but I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't know what mine is, to be honest. But uh, you know I, the one that goes, Young Hearts? Oh, Candy Statton. Who sings it? Candy Statton. Is it Candy what? Uh, Statton. How do you say that? Candy Statton? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. There we go. Young Hearts (laughs) Run Free. Interesting fact. I've seen that song live. Have you? Yeah. And yeah, I went to Bestival about four years back. I've always wanted to go to Bestival. That's yeah, cool. and and she was really really good because she's like proper old school, isn't she? But yeah, yeah it's great. That oh, that's cool. a good choice. I like that song. It is a good <laughs> song, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, some of the songs people have said I've been like, I literally have no idea what that is. So it's good. To, <laughs> it's good to actually know what there that you one go. is. Common ground. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about you. So I I know quite a lot about you already, but for those that are listening that might not know who you are or what you do, describe yourself. Um, I'm like a weird oddball that's in the military, like <laughs> the opposite of what you'd expect a soldier to be. But yeah, no, I've I've been in the military for six years and I'm just, um, God, that's such a weird thing to describe yourself, isn't it? It's hard. It's hard to describe yourself. People like use three words. I'd be like, 
odd, weird, quirky. I don't know. It, it's a weird thing to say. But um, I'm kind of trying to find out who I am. But my job defined, like, what actually defines me by title is a corporal in the British Army. <laughs> but that I'm so much more than that. I don't want to be defined by that. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a midlife crisis. I'm 31 and I'm going... Ah, what do I do now? There's like this decade ahead of me of where I'm supposed to have quote marks my shit together, but I'm just learning as I go, like everyone else. I don't really know who I am. Maybe I'll figure it out by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'll have an existential crisis on your podcast. Oh dear. <laughs> Feel free. No, I, I yeah, I, I totally get where you're at because I. But when you get to, I'm 32, so I'm slightly older, but very, very slightly. But One year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you, you get to this age and you kind of have that expectation thrust upon you, don't you? Where it's like you have to be in this box. You have to get married, have kids, have a house, have travelled and stuff like this. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard work. Why do we have to conform to society? And this is what bothers me because I like to do the opposite of that. And I do want the cute little family and the white picket fence. But I'm also like, no, no, no. I also want to go fucking crazy and travel the world and do all this cool stuff. So it's, yeah, it's finding that nice, sweet balance. And then also going, I'm 31, right? My body is still strong. But at what point do, you know do the joints start going and do I have to slow down and like, you know, properly settle down in that sense? It, it, it worries me. But, you know, then I read like books like David Goggins can't hurt us. And I'm like, God, he's, he's an old fuck, but he is so fit and so strong. So I'm all, I always think I am as old as my mind or as old as I think. And I think hopefully I'll be like that woman in her fifties who's still like, you know, doing marathons and weightlifting and, the things I don't currently do, but I will be doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mind over matter with stuff like that, though, because yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not in a very good. How do I? So I was, I was a lot fitter a couple of years ago than what I am now, and throughout lockdown, I've literally just haven't really done a lot. And so this, so this month was it this month? I've decided. So I, I used to do CrossFit a couple of years ago, and I've decided to go back to that. So I'm doing that again now. I've got two marathons at the end of the year that I'm training for. So I'm like, this is my oh, period wow. of, I'm getting my shit together with my fitness. And I think yeah. it, it is really mind over mat with stuff like that. And it's, you, you don't have to be, it sounds ridiculous, but you don't have to be completely fit to be able to do stuff like that. I think it's just, you need to believe that you can do stuff like that. Yeah, once you're past that breaking point, you've always got more in the fuel. And this is what I learned. And this is how I used to train. Um, I had like a bit of a bad month but prior to the to the last month I was training really hard I was you know out there like holding back the tears and the pain and every time I'd be like right that's enough now I'd go again and it would just it would feel so good to know that when you think that's it that you can't do no more but you always can you absolutely can like it is very much mind over matter and that's what I learned but then I <laughs> it's always a struggle because I love my food and I love my comfort and I like my safety so it's always like yeah I really like people look at me and think oh yeah she just gets up and doesn't know I have to try really hard I fight my demons daily to like stay on that path and sometimes like I will have a week of just 
not doing anything and that's okay and I used to just beat myself up and be like oh my god you can't do that but you know it's all about trying to be kinder to yourself and going do you know what you're only human you'll have days where you literally don't feel like doing anything and I'd really struggle on those days I'd be like no you can't do this like look you have to go and the more I think you pressure yourself the harder it is so it's just about being kind to yourself and listening to your needs and then, you know, once you do step out of your comfort zone, you might as well just go for it. Don't go for a half-assed, half-an-hour run. Once you're out there, just put everything into it and, you know, have that day off tomorrow. That's kind of what I'm learning to do at the minute. It's a struggle. That's a really, it's a really good way to live, though. Is, is there anything yeah. that you... You're, you're in a really demanding role. Is there anything in particular that you struggle with mentally? So is there anything you could kind of be like, oh, I really find that difficult and sort of like mentally draining um so my when you say I'm in a demanding role because I'm in the military obviously it depends what job role I'm doing at the minute I'm very much quite desk bound so you know I'm not flinging myself out at anything in any situations that would put me in danger at the minute so you know it's easy to get complacent and what I struggle is to mentally kind of maintain that drive sometimes because once you get into that routine of a daily life it's 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 hard to push yourself and motivate yourself and that's what I struggle with like for me it's you know the routine of the day and then coming back and then going right okay you've still got six hours of the day go and do everything you need to write read go for a run and I struggle to motivate myself um that's you know, because I, I get quite drained at the minute. I don't know if it's locked. It, it might be the end of lockdown. It might be, you know, the pressures of the circle and stuff. But I've been really mentally drained at the minute. And I've, I've kind of struggled to stay above board and be like all happy and smiley. And I think social media, I struggle with that as well, because I think I've been quite open on it, but people don't want to just see someone like crying into their cocoa pops every day. Not that I do that. I don't, I don't eat cocoa pops. Um, but I, ha- it's you know, it's finding that balance of trying to maintain this perfect image of what I feel people want to see, and that's what I struggle with the most. You know, there is stuff expected from me at work, and they don't expect this perfect, rounded person. But I think you know, obviously, a level of professionalism is expected, and um, it's trying to manage those two lives that I now have. Um, but it, it, it's mostly just my own pressures because no one do you know what I, I read a really good quote the other day it's like people actually don't care about you they're thinking about themselves most of the time so once you realize people aren't caring about what your biggest insecurities is you'll stop because you're the only person that's bothered about half the probably 90 percent of the stuff that you think about it's your own self-critics and I'm really hard on myself and if I had this conversation with anyone else, they'd be like, what, what are you on about? You're fine, like chill. And I'll be like, yeah, but uh. <laughs> I went skydiving yesterday and today I've been moping around and um, I was on a course this morning and I've just been like, oh, but then it's like, you've just had a massive come down. You're up in the air now and you're, you know, it's, it's a different situation. And I struggle to adjust to those periods and I have to really kind of like, just it, it's about being kind to yourself and I'm like verbally vomiting all my thoughts on you but like uh, it's a learning curve you've caught me at the right time because I'm going through this massive I think metamorphosis where I'm like growing up massively and 
just self-love is so important I used to just rely on other people for validation and everything and all these toxic things I'm trying to get rid of in my life and just have a healthy balanced lifestyle (laughs) but it's hard you know especially when you're like lonely or you feel a bit down you reach for your phone or you reach for something to validate you or make you feel happier it's really difficult to sit still within yourself and find that kind of self-love to kind of calm yourself um that's a hard one but I'm working on it (laughs) I I get I I I think the your skydives a perfect example of kind of the highs and lows of life because you yeah you you can literally be yeah you can literally be skydiving one day and then the next day you'll be doing nothing and I think as humans especially at the minute it's really hard going from something really active and adrenaline fueled and it's kind of like occupies your brain whereas when you go into the next day and you're not really doing like it's like shit what am I doing <laughs> like, yeah. I, I need to be doing something and I, I get like yeah. that. I'll be doing like so for instance like the weekend I did a 10 mile run because it's part of my marathon training and I was like I was literally when I was doing it I was on top of the world I was like I didn't think I'd be able to do this the next day I was like oh what do I do now <laughs> I've got a rest Pulling because myself out of a plane I'm, I'm yeah I'm like you I'm like what other adrenaline filled hobbies can I start <laughs> but it's all escapism isn't it it's just covering up I don't know I think there's healthy ways of doing certain things and there's also unhealthy things that we can indulge in but to me obviously I'm not I don't sit here in my room drinking myself to sleep I go out and fill my life with adrenaline which I think is actually a great way to take out a lot of stresses and stuff so I think yeah the best thing you can do is get get yourself outside you'll instantly feel better but it's it's that moment between getting out of bed and getting there that's the hardest bit isn't it that little like gap between the inside and the outside world and yeah def my biggest kind of piece of advice is take yourself outside you'll always feel better I know it's been really bad weather but it's gonna be <laughs> yeah, better been... I've heard I've heard something coming the weather man says so <laughs> so would you say you've ever suffered from a mental illness um, I really struggled. So after I came off the circle, um, I think the disparity of not being able to speak about it because it was filmed six months before, not knowing how it's going to affect my work life, not knowing where I stood. Um, very openly, I also suffered in my relationship. There was a lot of stuff going on in that kind of mix. And um, I remember Googling all these things like what's wrong with me am I this am I that and then I called up a therapist and I was like just tell me what's wrong with me because I just wanted to know and she's like whoa um to me this sounds like anxiety <laughs> so I think um I've never been like diagnosed I don't think um unless you suffer severely with mental illness you get diagnosed I think they just basically give you therapy based on the stuff that they think you you know sometimes suffer with so I think I definitely suffer with anxiety. I think a lot of the world even mildly suffers with anxiety. I think it's just how much our brains are overloaded with information at the minute. Um, We are anxious. Social media makes us anxious. The pressures of the 21st century. I think it's just a, it's just a thing, isn't it? Everyone is a little bit anxious. So um, yeah, I, I definitely struggled with that. I was like, can I be anxious and have a job in the military? And it was definitely a fear for me of how do I go forward? Um, 
like it, I, I always used to think look at mental health and think you don't deserve to be mentally unwell you've been brought up into such a great existence how dare you struggle with mental health when there's people in much worse off situations than you you know struggling you don't deserve it and that's how I've always thought and I still to a point sometimes think like that like I'll sit there I'll be like oh, I have a room I have you know food I have a job I have a great life what what do I feel anxious about and then that on top makes me feel more anxious so <laughs> I think it's just accepting it's like a human condition almost that we all feel a little bit anxious at the minute um and knowing that a lot of people can relate and feel the same way because sometimes you feel isolated you think oh I'm the only person who thinks this way absolutely not guaranteed probably nine out of ten people you speak to will say yeah I, you know I've suffered with this or at one point I've suffered with this um, and I think it's really good to have these conversations because I think what we see online or what we people we might look up to or people we look at them and think oh my god you're perfect your life is amazing and that's not the case in fact I think sometimes when you try and present this perfect version the more unhappy you are I find the happiest people I know actually don't have social media um oh. and I aim I aim to get to that point I'm like I want to just you know at some point um get whatever message I'm trying to get out there and then when I'm a bit older just go right logging off let's go live in a cabin in the woods and just live a happy life um so yeah yeah I definitely struggle with anxiety um I've had bouts of self-diagnosed depression you know that's just when you just sit there and you're so unmotivated to do anything and it's you know um I mean at my worst I've been on reddit on like suicide pages not because that's anything I'd ever want to do but I would always be in a weird way thinking how do people ever get to that point you know how do you ever but do, do you know what keeps me going and what keeps me kind of living to my fullest is knowing you know I have people around me that care and love for me and there is so much to do and see in this world that you know one bad day does not negate your whole life away one bad day doesn't cancel everything that's good in this world and that's what I'm starting to do at the minute I've started to um I've got a little gratitude journal and I've literally just started this so don't <laughs> don't ask me how it's going but even the thought of this makes me excited it's just writing things you're grateful for like I'm grateful for the socks on my feet I'm grateful for that I have a voice you have to be there's so many things to be grateful for and you'll never run out of stuff to say and I think that really puts it into perspective and really kind of sets the tone for the day because once you're grateful for absolutely the smallest things in your life you I think you're automatically in a more positive higher mindset with better energy because you're we're just grateful to be alive and grateful that you're here in this world and you've got all these tiny little things like I'm grateful I've got a vase full of fake flowers they're lovely they don't die I don't have to buy new ones <laughs> but um it's just changing that mindset and I used to look at that and think how is me being grateful for like my socks gonna make me a happier person but I think that's the key to it. I think gratitude and practicing that every day and writing. Everyone's like writing and journaling changed my life. And I used to go, how? What do you mean? But I think there's something in that. <laughs> and if everyone says it works, I mean, what's the what's the loss in trying? Waking up a little bit early every day instead of reaching for your phone, spending even 10 minutes just writing down 
I think would actually transform people's lives. That sounds really dramatic, but I think it would because it's such a small little thing, but it's an act to yourself. And what was it? There was a book by, I think it's called, I forgot what it's called. Oh, this is really bad. If I forget what a book's called, I'm recommending it. <laughs> is it The Morning Club? might be the morning club but basically this man says that you wake up and make sure the first thing you do is brush your teeth because that's self-care and you've done it it's out the way just go and slowly brush your teeth and then sit there and whether it's for six minutes or for an hour get all your stuff done in the morning not tasks don't do like physical activities like to-do lists read meditate work out just stuff to kind of evolve you as a person into the future not like oh my god I need to sort out my dry cleaning and all this just focus on you in the long term and I think if you do that every morning again this is me telling you about the stuff I'm just starting out but <laughs> I think it will be transformational and I really feel better just talking about it um but definitely waking up earlier in the morning and I really struggle with that I love my lions but it's just waste, wasting your life essentially we can all sleep when we're dead so we might we might as well make the most of our days oh my god I'm talking so much you've opened up this like portal for me to vent it's fine (laughs) no it's honestly like no so and you're talking a lot of sense to be honest because (laughs) I I have comparisons with again like the whole wake up in the morning that's why I've started going to CrossFit again because if I go to the, the earliest one that I can go to is at half six and because it's at that set time admittedly I cancelled it today so I woke up at like quarter six and I was like I'm staying in bed yeah but but twice this week I've gone and worked out at half six in the morning come back had a shower and then started working at eight and it's you do feel so much better for it it's it's amazing it's it's so weird that you just by going and doing an hour's worth of exercise it kind of changes your whole view on the day yeah a hundred percent um it's so important I get it I get it you want to lie in and you want to enjoy that extra hour of sleep and I am the worst for it but it's so important because when else do you have time to work on yourself because after work you know if you have kids and family or if you have stuff to take care of on an evening is the worst time for it because you're tired you've you've spent your whole day working or whatever you've been doing in the morning you're you know you're clear-minded and there's almost a lovely like stillness and peacefulness in the morning before everyone wakes up and you just have that time to yourself I think it will make you look forward to your day more as well you've mentioned the the circle a few times and I haven't spoken about it yet which is really weird because like it's like half an hour in and I'm like the circle (laughs) what was it like going into the circle being relatively unknown being in a room on your own again for like a couple of weeks or however long it was and then coming out and being probably being recognized by quite a few people that would have watched that program has that kind of had an impact on you so because we filmed it in September when we came out no obviously no one knew that it was filmed so we we didn't we stayed quiet for a good six months and in those six months I had all the time in the world to kind of fantasize about my failure in life and how it's going to come across and that's probably the worst thing for me is that I had all that time to overthink and over worry and panic about how it would be also watching it live with you guys was very stressful (laughs) because (laughs) I could obviously see the reaction um but Honestly, like we went out with Andy and everyone for a meal last week. He gets recognised by everyone. And 
so all the you know people but I don't people don't really I've had maybe five people come up to me in the whole time but that's because I'm actually like a massive social hermit like I don't step outside and if I do like I'll put a cap on or I'm in uniform you know I look very different and I just keep my head down I don't think I could make eye contact with someone and think they recognize me that'll make me feel painfully weird <laughs> like I've had people at work be like my wife loves the show can I have a selfie um at work but yeah I my life actually in that respect hasn't changed I don't walk down the street and think oh god yeah people know me because I don't actually think no <laughs> it's the same it was just my own um anxiety about you know have I just destroyed my life here but I, I didn't and you know that was just my worries and that's what I've learned it's been a big learning curve through the way but yeah it's I'm the same I just have 60,000 more people watching what I do which is terrifying <laughs> like <laughs> you have to be careful what you say <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting that because obviously it was recorded in advance but you, I didn't really think about there being a period in between it happening and then being aired I didn't really think about that what was that period like for you because if if that was me in that situation I'd have been like oh my god I'm gonna be on tv everybody's gonna be watching but how did you deal with that the first week out you're just like because you're recorded 24 7 I'd be reaching for my microphone and still talking to myself so the first week's like a bit of a blur and then you kind of forget but we had a whatsapp group where we spoke all the time with the circle people but um, you forget because it's, you know, then it was like November, December, January, and you just, it doesn't seem real. So when it actually came out, I wasn't in the starting lineup. So I was watching it like, oh, this is cool. I know these people. And then when I, when I went on, what I did to protect myself is I massively detached me from what I was watching on the screen. And that's what helped me. I'd always, I'd, I'd be watching myself and be like, what is she doing? I would never be like, what am I doing? I'd be like, what is that girl doing? What, why is she doing that? Um, and I think that massively helped me. <laughs> I don't know if that's a healthy way to deal with things, but that's what I did. And you went in as essentially a catfish, as as Felix. How How was that kind of mentally? Because... I don't know like I think I could be somebody else and obviously you don't you, you're essentially kind of like messaging people aren't you but I think I'd kind of be like oh how I don't know I, I'd struggle to get into that mindset of being one of different sex in the similar sort of industry but I it, yeah it's sort of playing it it played with my mind a little bit so how, how was that for you? It, it it did play on my mind, but at the start, I didn't take it seriously. I thought, look, you know, people ask you the question, like, oh, if you could be a different gender for the day, I, what would you do with it? And I, I just envisioned this kind of, the bloke that I work with, I put him, I stereotyped him as every person I'm surrounded with daily. And I completely... <laughs> I became that catfish like it was scary to watch I was just him I left <laughs> I was like a man who knew how to flirt but watching it back I was like I was so cringy how did anyone believe what I was saying like <laughs> fisty bob yeah winky face I don't know what happened um I think the scary thing is about the human psyche is 
we believe what we want and it's scary because you can sell someone a dream and the reality of catfishing is actually terrifying like it must and I saw how easy it is to get carried away if you're suddenly this really popular imagine if you're like this this person who has no confidence and you've created this perfect person and everyone loves you and everyone wants to talk to you I can see how people get carried away but god morally I could never do that because people actually you know destroy people's lives I just had to keep in mind this is a game show for catfishing this isn't you know anything else um but it, it is scary because you can get carried away with it so much and like my wit my fear was you know I'm gonna hurt someone's feelings and that that's a terrifying thought to live with and um yeah it was it was it was very hard to deal with and my biggest thing as well was I've created this perfect person who who am I I massively struggled with like imposter syndrome afterwards so I was like who 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 am I I'm really good at playing this male bloke but am I good at playing myself and yeah I've I've had a lot of those kind of thoughts ever since I think that's why I'm kind of having an identity crisis at the minute not because of the show but because I think I started to really dig in and see what's what's going on in this head you know what can I start fixing because you know if I want a family and all of this good stuff one day I want it to be where I'm in a really healthy place and really balanced with my life and I understand and you know I'm not constantly running away from problems because that's what I used to do I used to just be like oh this isn't working out I'm going to jump on a plane and you know fuck off to Japan and I don't care <laughs> and that's what I would do all the time and in Covid you can't do that because the world is locked down so um yeah I think it's been a massive learning curve I mean I, I went on to the circle for three weeks but it wasn't exactly a holiday it was an emotional you know it was a mentally challenging game which looking back now I'm really glad I did it because it's it's opened a lot of pathways in my head to understanding what I'm all about understanding a lot of kind of issues in the world because I used to look at social media and just be like oh people just post photos and this but actually social media is such a powerful tool and with my presence you can actually I don't know do stuff I don't really know what it is yet but it's you massively can use exposure from tv shows for a very good purpose I think um and I've never really actually no I, I follow you know Camilla who was on Love Island um I love her oh uh, yeah 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 she, I was like oh my god she's amazing um I've actually got her book and you know she was in this very male dominated dangerous role and she was so elegant on the show and I just think she's great with what she's doing now and I was like yeah that's cool that's kind of what I want to do but yeah I think with with your social media though and you you said that you can kind of you've people see what you're doing and you, there's I think there's like 60 70 thousand people that see your posts and stories and stuff like that you're you're really open on social media so you you're you're happy to speak about like stuff that I guess not a lot of people would be open to speak about so like for, for instance mental health stuff and I think that's a really good use of like your platform and not a lot of people not well not a lot of people a lot of people are doing it now but a lot of people wouldn't have used it for that if that makes sense yeah I think but I'm really awkward you know how you see the people I follow like talk to camera a lot and when I try to do that I, I hate it like I really struggle with it 
and I'm learning I'm trying to learn to just talk to the camera on my own be like hi guys and then I listen to it I'm like why have you just done that (laughs) so it's overcoming that kind of like that weird like anxiety about talking to the camera but I'm trying I mean I am really trying but yeah it's it's still hard and there's still a fine balance between looking after myself and taking days off for me and also being on social media that really got me down for like a month because there were so many people that were messaging me and I appreciate it all so much but I struggle not replying to people and sometimes I can't respond to everyone and I'd send like I'd like like the message and then people would be like oh is that all you do just like people's messages and I'm like oh I can't win like you know no. I was talking to Andy and he was like oh, I had literally like 5,000 messages that people thanked him afterwards and I was like yeah I know and there's still messages and the requests and I'm I don't know how to deal with it I don't know how people actually do it with like two million followers like what do they do like how do they they must have people that manage their accounts because there is no like bloody way that people could live a life and because my job isn't social media and that's what I think I'm trying to get across like I have a normal a normal job like I'm not a content creator I'm just there just trying to balance the two but I'd love to go in I'd love to like make a documentary or do something really cool like that um but yeah it's 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 finding the right balance and also looking after me (laughs) because you can lose yourself online massively and I think I've seen it happen and it is it is scary yeah you can then you can really go down a rabbit hole on social media as well. And especially when you're comparing your life to other people, it's, it's hard because I've done that. I, I still do it. I think everybody does. You'll see. So I love my running. If I see somebody that's ran a quicker distance than me or ran further, yeah. further than me, I'm like, why can't I do that? Like, why can't I? And you do, you do, you compare all the time, don't you? And I think that's, that's the dangerous part of social media that you, you're constantly comparing your life and the things you do to other people that are on there which essentially is just self-promotion because like you said you're not gonna a lot of people don't post themselves just crying to camera or yeah themselves looking like they've just woken up and stuff like that. people don't do that so it's, it's literally just your best self on social media and comparing yourself to other people is just yeah it's just a, a head fuck pretty much yeah, it really is <laughs> Um, I've I've heard somewhere that Instagram's getting rid of like the likes count. I think that'll be like the healthiest thing ever. Imagine if it all got stripped back and Instagram just went back to. I know it's people's jobs, but it can still be people's jobs where they share really good content, and it doesn't matter what reaction it gets or how it's liked. It depends on how good it is, and I think that'd be so healthy for young people, for all ages actually. On a day-to-day basis, what? describe your role so is it kind of so you've mentioned that it's kind of more desk based at the minute is this describe kind of like a typical day in in your life at the minute a typical fun day which is what I did the other day so I'm on the engagement team Um, I'm moving jobs in a minute but it's still going to be to do with engagement so it's going out and dispelling kind of myths about the military so we're not recruiting we're just telling people what we're about because I think everyone will unconsciously or consciously have an opinion of what the military do. And then you see us turn up. So we went to a school um, in Devon the other day 
and we turned up and it was just did some myth busting and then I did like command tasks for the year 11 which was really fun it was like it was pissing it down I keep using that no one understands what that means it was raining really heavily <laughs> and we had like these maps and people had to use like planks to get across and the floor was lava and it was just really fun um and by the end of it they were like oh, you're a girl and you're in the army and you know it's it's quite cool to just give the army like an exposure of normality you know it's not just and people be like do you ever fire guns and we're like just on call of duty you know <laughs> like fist bumping the kids and it like I love stuff like that I like work that is going out and communicating my favorite work obviously in the military is not obviously but um what I talk about the most is like the humanitarian stuff and like that's the stuff I'm all about the, the military isn't just you're off and you're you're off to kill people and go to war that's not what it's about it's a very different world these days and you know a lot of it is cyber now it's it's just a different it's a different world and you could literally do anything you want my day is different every day um um like I'm going to Wigan in a week to do school trips up there and th that stuff's really cool I really like that but if I was to go back to my normal job I'd be doing policing um it is a weird thing to describe because it can be what you want it to be and you can move around as well so if you don't like parts of your job you can do something else so it's cool it ticks that box for my um adventure buzz for sure but generally speaking like I I love it I think it's so important to find work that because it's it's 80 percent of no I'm not very good at maths, but 70% of your day, you're spending most of your day on it. So you you have to find something that makes you feel good if you're lucky enough to do that. You know, I'm sure there are people that would love to do that, but can't, you know, circumstances can't afford it. But I think it's so important for your mental health to be in a role where you are happy. But if not, then you can leave. I know people that start new careers in their 50s. Like, I love reading those BuzzFeed articles, like famous actors who made it in their 40s. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've still got 10 years <laughs> to sort my shit out. <laughs> but yeah, it's just different life, isn't it? You're not stuck to one career. You're not stuck to one path. You're not stuck to one thing. You can transform constantly. And I think that's also scary. And that's why people struggle, I think, with self-development, because you have all the all these options and choices to be what you want and it's it's terrifying like the best part of military training for me was phase one soldier training because it was all laid out for us we all followed a routine and then when you're kind of chucked out into the big bad world you're like oh wait what do I do I could do anything but that's scary like that's a big thing to think about like you could actually become whatever you want if you applied yourself to it like that's a lot like it's almost easier when you just follow the, the stream and go along with life, but that's not really living. So yeah, it's, God, it's, it got deep, hasn't it? <laughs> this is from uh, Annie.Skellum on Instagram. And she said, do you have any advice for improving your psychological well-being before joining the army? Well, that's quite a good question. Psychological well-being. So... When I joined the army, it took me ages because the process is really long. So you've got time. You actually have a lot of time on your hands. So if she's already started the application process, it's 
don't stress, chill. You've got lots of stages before you join up. And I think actually, once you start improving on your physical ability, your psychological ability also goes hand in hand. Once you start training and exercising, I think mentally you start to feel better anyway. Like that is a proven thing. I'm not making this up. <laughs> um, and if I was joining the army now, I'd probably read a lot of like, motivational books like I always recommend this book to people David Goggins can't hurt us that's such a cool motivational book um it's kind of relaying to that the, you know the body's capable of anything and our own minds are our biggest enemies um also it's just such a different it's a different selection now to what it was when I joined up but I think being mentally resilient is the strongest thing you can be so I would work on mental resilience and starting to structure your life and put more discipline into your life like pretend you're already in the army like get up at six and go for a run do do some work on yourself learn that self-discipline and you every day is a learning day and you'll be taught all this in the army but I think once you start to mentally prepare yourself for that structure that's the biggest change in your life that there will be a lot of stuff to do like you'll be taken out of your comfort zone. Um, so I think start living as if you're already in and it won't be such a shock to the system. That's a good answer. <laughs> Thanks. Except the <laughs> bit in the middle. <laughs> Cut that out. <laughs> Do you have any grounding techniques or any kind of coping mechanisms that you use on a day-to-day -day basis? Because you've mentioned so you like writing, so you've got your journal and you do a bit of reading is there anything that you do kind of daily that you would say ground you breathing is something that we take for granted but that is the biggest thing I have discovered that calms me down if I'm a little bit anxious like YouTube breathing techniques I've got loads of books and there's lots of them but we we don't breathe correctly like and breath actually really calms you down like it you know, I was doing the Wim Hof method where you take cold showers and he teaches like this aggressive breathing technique and it like makes your body alkaline and just chills you out. And it's there's so many ways to do it. Like that's that's the, like, the extreme of it. But there's also like really chilled out, like breathing meditations on YouTube um, that really work. Like all of these things seem like. Is this a trap? Like is writing and breathing going to sort me out? But it actually is. So, so just do it there is nothing you can lose um you can only try and imagine if you find something that actually genuinely makes you feel so much better that's you you know there's no harm in trying all these things the problem is there's so many techniques on how to feel better that it gets overwhelming like that's what I struggled with I was like oh my god um what am I gonna do am I gonna get hypnotized am I gonna do mindfulness like there's so much and I find myself down this YouTube hole being like help <laughs> make me feel better <laughs> but there's so much so many things out there and I would genuinely just suggest trying something out for a couple of weeks and seeing how it goes but obviously if you feel really bad go to therapy it's the best thing I've done um, because sometimes just talking to someone who's impartial and doesn't know you and who's medically trained to do this really does help like my therapist was just my kind of life coach for a bit like I just vented at her and afterwards you walk away and you just feel so much better but I'm one of those people that knows everything that's wrong with me like I've read about it and I'd go to therapy I'd be like 
but it's this and she's like yes I know and we're like well this is what's wrong with me and I know why I'm doing this and then you're almost stuck and you're almost sat there and there's this minute of pause between both of you and you go well why aren't you doing anything about it I think you know how we give our friends advice we're really good at telling people don't do this but we don't apply it to ourselves and that's the hardest part like what's stopping you from doing it I think people are scared of change and this is what I've learned people are comfortable and sometimes it's easier to live in that comfort and your brain automatically looks for the easiest way out so to actually do the work and dig deep like that is probably one of the hardest things to start I think once you've started it and figured out a method that works for you I'm not a trained professional I can't tell you but just try it all see see you know see how it helps writing and breathing will never harm you it can only better you somebody else has recommended the the Wim Hof breathing in the shower having a cold like in the in the shower and I, I tried it after the conversation and it does work it's really really good I, I think I only did it for like a couple of minutes but that's a lot but I, I'm quite good with cards. Okay. <laughs> I'm impressed. Because, so, so do you, again, this is a bit weird talking about it, but when, so when I'm in the shower, I'll turn it, so I'll start it on kind of like warm yeah. and then I'll keep gradually, gradually, gradually turning it down and until it's freezing cold and then I can just withstand it for That's like, amazing. Quite a long time. And it did the, the whole breathing. So when you take the deep, deep breath in and then, because isn't it like four seconds in, four seconds out? And yeah. it really helped. And especially when you've done exercise, so you come back from doing exercise, do that. You you really get a good start to the day, I think. And I have no idea why I don't do that every day. I know, it's so hard <laughs> and so hard to maintain these habits. I think you have to force yourself to do it and then it will become part of your life. But also do the um, breathing techniques before you go for a run because it actually makes you fitter. I don't know how. Uh, okay. But it like I think he did an experiment where people did press-ups before they did the breathing and they did it afterwards and they kept going for longer your body's more oxygenated I don't, I don't know the science behind it but it apparently really works before like a big run or a marathon do the breathing techniques and then go out and see how that works let me know if that works because I'll do it too <laughs> you can be the guinea pig <laughs> I'm already <laughs> doing enough okay <laughs> I've got yeah I've got a 12 mile run on Sunday so I'll try it before that yeah that'd be fun I'm not looking forward to it <laughs> so much fun. I'm going for brunch on Saturday you enjoy your run <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the so I on I was going to do it on a Saturday but my wife but we during lockdown my wife booked in this cheese tasting thing on the Saturday yeah and I would be like that's probably going to be horrible to run after doing oh, that on the Saturday because yeah. it's like just yeah I'm, I'm assuming there's a great day cheese tasting hmm yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but that run is going to be a killer on the Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. breathe. <laughs> yeah, I'll try it. I think, yeah, I'll try it and see what happens. But yeah, I'll probably be more concerned about not throwing up. <laughs> How do you think that we break the whole mental health stigma that surrounds us as humans? Because it's there's it's always kind of, it's got better, I think, people are speaking a lot more like so we're having this conversation and I think in turn that will help other people have conversations but how do you think we can kind of eliminate it um stop putting on a front and learn to become happier with being more vulnerable which is very hard I think as humans we're naturally designed to protect ourselves so to open up about mental health is 
I mean, it's a big thing for us, I think, because it's showing our, in a way, weaknesses and our vulnerabilities. And I think once we stop looking at it as a weakness and as a learning, a learning curve, because you can only get better once you realize what's happening and start talking about it. We can all, I mean, self-improvement is such a healthy word. So mental health is, it goes hand in hand with it. You know, well-being goes hand in hand with mental health because why else are you going on this yoga retreat? Why else are you eating bloody avocado smoothies? You're trying to improve parts of yourself. And, you know, like when we go to the doctor and our leg's broken, we fix it. So if our head's, quote, broken, why don't we fix it? Why do we look after our bodies and take care of our health, but we don't take care of the biggest, most kind of painful thing that's going on in our lives, which is in our heads, essentially. So once you start looking at it as something that, you know, is, is broken, but can be fixed, and you know not forever gone but with maintenance you can live with it why wouldn't you like I wouldn't walk around with a broken leg and I think I have done I think many of us have done you know walked around with this broken mind and wondered what's wrong with us and because you know it's not a tangible thing you can't just scoop the brain out and go right done it, it takes a lot more work you know it's not just lying there on an operating table and having someone look after you this is something that you have to put work in and do you know what it, it is just it's a harder thing to fix again quote marks because how do you start to tackle something that you know when when people feel unwell or anxious it takes over doesn't it it completely like disables you and makes you kind of just eye curl up in a little ball and think oh <laughs> my life is the worst you know we all do it we've all done it and how do you fix that and it's it's just something that I think the more we talk about it the less scary it becomes it's the most important thing we've got like if you're not mentally healthy you, how can you like I don't know it's, it's like it's a deliberating pain and I know how it feels to be mentally unwell and struggling with it so to, to live with that and people just put a plaster over it don't they and just get on with life but it will always come out and it will always catch up with you. It's not something that just goes away. It just, it's about learning kind of your coping mechanisms and learning the things that make you feel good. Cats or dogs? Dogs, obsessed with dogs. Oh my God, dogs in my life. If I could have all dogs, I won't. I'm a little bit mental about dogs. They're just the <laughs> best, aren't they? They're so amazing. They They're so happy. Are, yeah. But you can leave them alone for two minutes and they'll be the happiest in the world to see you again. And yeah, love dogs. Phone calls or text messages? Oh, depends who with. So with family phone calls, because my mum can't text for shit. <laughs> and <laughs> with like friends, voice notes actually. You didn't give me this option, but voice notes are my favourite. Uh, okay. Bath or shower? Oh, bath, 100%. Love baths. But that's because I never have one anywhere. I just think it's amazing. Oh, it's so relaxing. I absolutely love baths. And then plan ahead or take each day as it comes? I want to plan ahead, but I actually, the reality is I take each day as it comes. 
that's the sad truth. I wish I could plan ahead more. Like I'll plan holidays, but that's the only thing I will plan. Winging it. Hashtag winging it for life. <laughs> and then a good book or a good film. Do you know what I was thinking about the other day? Titanic. Don't ask me why. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just think, do you know what? I really love or Armageddon. Is it why did I say oh, that? Armageddon? Really? I'm oh, get on. <laughs> I absolutely love old school films. Um, I just think 90s cinema was so good. Um, it's so cheesy as well. Top Gun, I absolutely love Top Gun. Um, and I just like really long movies. I hate watching a movie and after one hour it's gone. It's so good. Like, why have you stopped? Why aren't you three hours long? <laughs> Shawshank Redemption is a really good film as well. That's a long film. Yeah, I just like like long 90s films. What's that one with Matt Damon and he's really clever and Robin Williams? Goodwill Hunting. That uh, is an I've, amazing film. I've never watched that. that. film. <gasps> never seen Are it. Are you serious? That's one Honestly. films ever. <laughs> so good. Go watch it. And then the final one is the morning or the evening. I want to be morning, but I work better in the evening. I'm a night owl. I actually read a statistic. Clever people are a lot more active at night. And I'm just going to roll with that, okay? I'm going to take that to the train. <laughs> because I'm, I'm my most productive in the evenings. Like, I hate going to sleep. But then I hate waking up. Like, you know, when it gets to midnight, and you're like, oh, you really need to go to bed. You're going to be so tired. I feel like all my life, plans and ambitions come to fruition at 1am so I'm always up like planning living my best life at that time but guys as if you've been listening to this podcast I am now changing that and I'm going to be doing that in the morning so I definitely think it's more it's better for you to be more productive in the morning but the reality is it's, it's the evening at the minute yeah I've, I have that thing of I'll be I'll literally be getting into bed and then stuff will pop into my head. I'll be like, oh, I need to do this. I can do this now. And it'll be like a five minute job that I could have done at some point before, like in the what, like 15, 16 hours that I was awake. But then it suddenly yeah. pops into my head and I'm like, I have to do this now. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm a bit like that. Honestly, this is the most I've ever spoken on a podcast and very freely. So thank you for letting me do that. <laughs> no that's okay thanks for coming on it's been it's no it's been really great chatting to you and um yeah thank you so much for coming on i'll speak to you later speak to you soon thanks bye thanks so much again for natalia for coming on the stress sessions and thank you for listening if you've enjoyed what you've heard please share subscribe and shout the stress sessions from the rooftops Post something on social media, ring a mate and tell them about it. WhatsApp them. I just want to spread the word and help as many people as I can and also give you something to listen to while you're working, you're relaxing, having a bath, chilling with a cup of tea, whatever you want to do. Finally, I'm no mental health expert, nor are the guests that come onto the stress sessions to speak about their experiences. If you do suffer from a mental illness, please speak to someone. Tell them that you're struggling and contact a professional if you need to. Help is always there, so please don't suffer in silence. 
In case you need them, I've included a link to a list of the mental health charities and resources in the podcast notes. So please use them if you need them. Thank you again for listening and have a lovely, lovely week.